Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I'm very excited for a very special episode of Move Left Idiots. This is our... Um, There's something special? What, what, what's yeah, on? yeah, it's our 1,000th episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that. No, yeah, but no, in all seriousness, it is our 100th episode. Um, not that that really means much because it's arbitrary and like you know <laughs> it's not any kind of measurement of a year and technically we've no. done more than 100 it's, episodes it's the metric thing system and, and it's, you haven't been on every episode earlier yeah. so it's like no. uh, but it's still a nice cool number in the podcast feed so i was i was lying in wait for the perfect moment to, to strike uh as a as a former fan of the cast and now current uh, co-host uh that was yeah current actually of the cast yeah, I just got a, a thing from uh, stupid Facebook that we had been Facebook friends for years. That's how I was kind of like, oh, I must have I must have been on the show for a year. So, you know, recently. So that was, you know, you know, huh, if Facebook wonder... tells you to be excited about it. You get fucking excited. Am I right? <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder if we if, if it's actually been like almost exactly a year that you've been on. The, probably not. Maybe. Well, I don't know. We should check that out. Yeah, it's since episode 35. So I would, you know, that's more than. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so that's yeah. or th- roughly yeah. thirty-five, something around. I'm not, I'm not a math surgeon, as we've established in the no. hundred episode run of this no. podcast. That no. I'm not a math well, surgeon. We, we have uh, it was one of our fans that we picked up who had never really listened to podcast and became a Patreon subscriber after only one episode. She's she uh, tweeted at me tonight that um, she's going backwards in time, like listening to all the episodes in reverse order, right? Oh wow. Um, which you know I've done that a little bit, but I not you know that that would be don't weird, go too far back they really suck like early on <laughs> like before before we found our groove yeah. like no, no no totally but it's just you know because you forget what things happen when like when you go back and you rewatch game of thrones all over you're like oh this happened in season one i thought that was like way later in season four like when you look look listen we could talk <laughs> we, if we start talking about game of thrones we'll talk for four hours back you gotta keep teasing it because it's coming <laughs> i i actually I, not to get into it, but of course we will now. I uh, so I, I just started rewatching season seven because we obviously have a preview cast to do before the main show uh, comes out, and I watched like six episodes in one night. And just like fucking. Oh yeah, I know it's mainline Game of Thrones. It, it, it's amazing how good. Uh, yeah, again, I don't want to start talking about Game of Thrones, but it's right. amazing how tight and how like just amazingly well paced season seven is like nothing yeah. fucking lags. There's oh, no, it's no wasted bullshit plot lines. It's like just, you would, you know, you'd awesome imagine that like going awesome backwards, get, going backwards through move left idiots, it would become like, go from like a tighter podcast, to like a less and less, like it's just slowly devolving over time. Uh, but yeah, I also started rewatching game of Thrones and I did all season one again. It's just like, I can't believe how fucking just, all over the place the show was but also just yeah. the things that happen that in the order they happen you don't remember them happening in that order right because you remember it doesn't really work in a in a straight line but uh yeah so now i'm on season two right where people you know like they really start pushing the envelope of how violent and horrible they can get away with to the point where <laughs> even where even i'm just like i don't know no 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 that didn't have to go that far um just wait till till the reef stuff yeah well there's there's some anyway we're uh yeah. we're getting off so, all right all anyway right. so yeah anyway <laughs> so um yeah so you know we've been here 100 episodes uh thank you everyone for sticking with us uh this will be the last step no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> no uh 
yeah, so let's get into the news of the week because uh, a lot oh, of shit did, happened this do, week. Do we have some news this week? I can. Well, so I, I briefly wanted to touch on real quick uh, something that happened like just right before we went on the air. Um, you know, because it's I say significant, but that's 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 kind of uh, overstating it. <laughs> uh, so the Mueller report finally. Uh, reached its conclusion. Mueller sent his finalized report to uh, the Attorney General, William Barr, uh, and by all accounts, uh, he has no plans to indict anyone else in the uh, investigation, which means that uh, if you total up all of the people uh, that he actually indicted for uh, collusion-related crimes or Russia uh, Russian collusion-related uh, activity you get a grand total of zero indictments Big, zero indictments fucking zero zero indictments regard related to trump and russia the only indict and you know you always hear oh well, there have been 50 something indictments and they're all almost every single one has been a process crime like the biggest get that they have paul manafort is going to jail for fucking lying to, or I'm sorry, Michael Cohen going to jail for lying uh, to, <laughs> under oath. Uh, Paul Manafort lying to the FBI and also, you know, some shady business dealings he had in the Ukraine, which was unrelated to Trump and Russia, and was actually not in Russia's best interest. But that's a whole nother, you know. So again, the only reason I even wanted to bring this up, we've talked about this fucking ad nauseum, and everyone who's listening knows. But just, just again to reinforce and it's not saying like oh we were right it's like i'm fucking so annoyed like i'm not like so i'm not like celebrating that like oh yeah we were right about this that it was bullshit and that it was pushed as a narrative by the establishment to fucking cover for hillary's loss i'm fucking furious and annoyed that we wasted every bit of oxygen in the room for two fucking years three fucking years actually it's almost you know, going on three years over a bullshit nonsense story and now you know what's going to happen when that report does come out is trump is going to do a fucking victory lap and his poll numbers are going to shoot through the roof because a lot of people are going to be like oh wow yeah maybe it was bullshit maybe it was a witch hunt fucking great job you morons because you just gave right. him all the ammunition he needs and for the next this, fucking this whole years. thing that they everyone thinks that he's dumb and that like oh he's oh he keeps admitting to stuff he keeps admitting to it you think he's gonna kick and it's like he just keeps feeding them the bullshit he knows that they you know can't get enough of and then it turns out it was all fake they're like wait what did uh, what is all that stuff he admitted to it's like no he just made you think that it's it's like the, remember the um the uh dan rather released this this uh you know supposedly like a forged draft card you know, or some bullshit around George Bush's service and their your National Guard, or whatever. Yeah. Trying yeah, to yeah. prove that he like skipped like what whatever it was turned out to be it wasn't real. Like it wasn't real. And then everyone's like, ha, see, you feel like, like the liberals just ate it up at the time, back when they used to hate Bush, and now they love him. Mm -hmm. Um and, and they totally got conned by being overzealous in a thing that wasn't actually true. Right. So it like and that, and that's, you know, that, of course, the, the thing that Trump is really good at is playing the media, playing the media to try to get them to you know be against him. And then it turns out the thing they all thought was true isn't. And they all he, he, can, he can, you know, cry fake news. And then it's like, yep, he, you know, you were right. It was two years of fake fucking news about this fake fucking Russia collusion bullshit. Yeah. And you gave that was a fucking gift wrap present to Donald fucking Trump. This whole thing, because you had from day one, you had 
several impeachable offenses that you could have actually pursued him on, you know, things like the emoluments clause where he was taking money from foreign governments while he was the president of the United States. Like he still is taking money from far. He never divested from his businesses. That's an impeachable offense. You could cite a fucking laundry list of business related dealings and crimes that he's committed provably including you know that, that other fucking new york times report that is that his father laundered laundered fucking you know 10 million dollars through his casinos or whatever uh, to give him a bank like all this yeah. shit is actually provable and well, you fucking pursue a bullshit story because your fucking queen there's insisted a, that you a do reason it. reason that Democrats don't go after Republicans for money laundering. <laughs> there's, well, there's good, yeah, that's this is you, true. Uh, yeah, you don't really, you don't piss in your own bed, right? Spider-Man um, so, pointing meme dot gif. <laughs> exactly. There's a great tweet from a guy, a uh, confirmed account, somebody who never heard of named Cody Johnston. Uh, and his tweet was, regardless of what the Mueller report says, no matter what, if you think about it, one thing to remember, no matter what it says, if we're being honest, is that regardless of what it says, is to remember that it's just like, right. you know, and it's, just, you know, it's like, of course, he's he's sort of uh, pretend quoting Rachel Maddow right now. Um, God, I, I almost want to watch her show tonight out of like schadenfreude. I'm, I'm just curious. She, but, you know, the fucking thing that makes me nuts is this. This will not be the end for them. They'll spin this into you know well Mueller, you know he still proved it they'll, they'll you know shine it up because they have to because otherwise they look like fucking lunatics for the last three years jank already was fucking moving the goalposts on twitter about this and like it's oh like, yeah of course just, just admit that you fucking Beto, fucked up you fucking had the wrong Beto o'rourke was on uh some interview i forget what what network it was and he said uh what did he say um you know, it, it's it, it, even if there wasn't Russia collusion, there was certainly an attempt at collusion. Great, well, great. Why don't you that? Why don't you prosecute <laughs> attempted collusion? Get well, the we fuck we out tried of here. to rig the we tried to reach out to Russia, but they just wouldn't answer our calls. You know, like no, that's you know, it's not a fucking crime. <laughs> attempted collusion. God, I mean, oh. it's just pathetic. And well, of course, no actual proof of that. Like, but but whatever. You know, it, it, this is just fucking never-ending they're gonna have to justify this and now they've backed themselves into this corner that we fucking warned them about for fucking three years now going on stop backing yourself into this corner this is gonna be bullshit and we're gonna look like idiots as a as an entity the entire left is gonna look fucking stupid because of you centrist shitheads pushing oh, this nonsense. i don't i don't know anyone on the left that gave a fuck about this i don't know anyone that no left i know that talked but, about this it's just it's but to to average to to your to average joe and jane who doesn't you know follow politics that closely it's like well the left wing thinks that russia you know interfered it, it it's just we're 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 guilty by association with these fucking clowns. Yeah, because, no, I don't think know. so. I I I think that they are the other side to us, you know, and they always will be. They They're are the other be, side, dude. But liberals are always going to be right wing capitalist pieces of shit. They're always going to be Chelsea Clinton. You know, they're always. Yeah, gonna, but that's. Yeah, but that yeah, I agree. But that's not what it looks like to a random independent non politics voter who's going to vote. Uh, and go into the voting booth and think, oh, wow, well, I guess, you know, the left really was making all this shit up about Russia. Maybe sure. Trump uh, is not as bad. You know, it's just it's it's the fucking the albatross around the actual left's neck is is the fucking Democratic Party. 
yeah, and yeah. all their fucking operatives. Sure, it's like sure. It's, a, it's a waste of time. I don't think the average voter, you know, in the Rust Belt of America, even well, knows nobody gave a shit about it. That was the other thing on. that was yeah. hilarious. No, nobody it's fucking like, cared about the it, Russia shit. The only people that care about it, one way or the other, whether they think it's bullshit or they think it's you know it's legitimate or whatever, are probably on Twitter. If you're not on, you know, <laughs> unless <laughs> unless you're a boomer that watches. Rachel Maddow every night or you're on Twitter, you probably don't even know there's a Mueller investigation that's been going on. You know, you might see like, Oh, there was that thing. What what did they find out? Nothing. Okay. I'm gonna go, go, go take the bread out of the oven. Now (laughs) they're going to dwell on it and be like, you know, I really don't like the people who just said, you know, I don't think they're going to think that much about it. Well, you know, if you listen really closely, though, you can hear the uh, sound of uh, Rachel Maddow's legs kicking as she hangs herself in her corner office at the MSNBC headquarters <laughs> right now. That's, they uh, probably have like a bungee cord for that where they, you know, she can kind of <laughs> act it out without actually killing herself. And then, you know, or, or she like the bungee cord that the, the, she hangs herself, but she falls into like a tub full of money, you know, and then she's 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 like, you know, sort of suspended within the money and the, the rope's not quite, yeah. you know, a little bit too long to actually kill her and she kind of just takes a deep breath takes a xanax and goes back on tv to do it all again so you mentioned chelsea clinton and uh she's been in the news uh <laughs> again this week uh and you know of course I, you know i don't even we haven't even talked about it since the last podcast but there was a uh major mass shooting terrorist attack by a right-wing fucking lunatic in uh new zealand and uh i it was i, I do take umbrage with the word lunatic because he's no I, I, I he's not actually not a crazy person no an he's outlier, a he's a he's a radicalized fucking yeah. piece of shit right he thought about moron, it you know? he masked the weapons he had a plan you know that's that's not somebody who's you know crazy because it's a full moon lunatic no that's, no he's no he's not no. clinically insane. there there are plenty and and you know th- this is the thing with with right wing and we could do a whole episode on right wing terror and right wing extremism but there are echoes of this fucking guy in tons of people that we interact with on a daily basis on twitter like this is he, this was not some lunatic you know uh like off his meds guy like no this is a guy who was a shithead maga chud not actually but like a shithead right winger you know no, make australia great again further yeah who got further yeah right uh who got further radicalized by all this shit that he consumed online all these fucking right wing talking heads the ben shapiro's a candace uh i was a candace Eisten, uh candace Close owens enough. uh yeah i know right candace owens and tucker carlson all these people trump obviously and he took that and he took all this fear and all this shit that's pushed out by the right wing ma- mainstream media and the mainstream you know narrative by the right wing. And he fucking said, well, I got to do something about it. We need this white ethno state. All these people would be way happier if they were in the back in their own countries with their own race. Every, all the colors, you know, separated like it, it, it's just so this fucking guy massacres you know 52 people i think or 51 people now the count is whatever it is in new zealand at a mosque two mosques um and you know it, it it's horrific uh and it's a horrific uh thing for the for the muslim community to deal with in america because uh like they don't have enough shit to deal with already with everyone on the fucking planet you know treating them like the other the right wing treating them like the other and then the the democratic establishment 
acting like they're, you know, progressive and that they care about their rights, but being the first ones on the planet, uh, you know, in, in the country to throw them under the bus when it comes to something like Ilhan Omar actually speaking up against, uh, you know, the, the, the fucking power of the Israel lobby. Like, you know, the second that happens, it's like, oh, well, you were just supposed to be our token hijab in Congress. You're not supposed to fucking have any original thoughts, you stupid brown girl. Like, we don't want to hear from you. Like, that's, but that's, they're all, you know, they, they hate uh, Muslims just as much as Republicans do. Sure. They just pretend that they don't. Sure. Or they tell uh, it themselves was just they don't. A couple months ago that, uh, you know, Chelsea's mother, Hillary Clinton, was in Europe speaking on behalf of white Europeans. When she said, I think Europe needs to get a handle on migration. We must send a very clear message. We are not going to be able to provide refuge and support. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. And <laughs> to, um, to the people it, that are fleeing. I don't know how that's different than like what Donald Syria Trump In Libya who, from fucking genocidal wars that she fucking started. Yep. And, um, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Chelsea's comments uh, during the Ilan Omar thing. And Chelsea really... What she did was give cover to the Democrat, uh, to Democratic establishment to go after Ilhan Omar with this bullshit bad faith smear of, of anti-Semitism when there was absolutely no anti-Semitism to be found. Uh, you know, and she did that condescending, well, as an American, I just need you to, that fucking bullshit. So, and then she like feigned ignorance when everyone was like, well, hey, you fucking helped start the pile on you piece of shit like this you're just as responsible for ilhan omar's persecution as anyone um so all that's to say in the wake of this uh massacre in new zealand you know there were a lot of uh vigils being held uh by muslims here in the united states who are just completely distraught at this obviously uh racially motivated uh crime massacre uh, yeah, and and, and and just to clarify, when people say, "Well, I didn't know," uh, you know, Islam was a was a race. It's like, well, the, not every person who is you know who's Muslim Arab is or you know, it's like not, the, right, like not every Muslim is is a person of color. There are white Muslims, right? There's areas of you know of sort of Eastern Europe, kind of that, you know, you know, part of the world where nobody can pronounce the names. And if you pointed, you know, Americans point to it on a map, they'd be like, I don't know what fucking country that is. Like, yeah. So the, no, the, the people that are being targeted are targeted are Muslims of color, you know? So the, yes, there's definitely a racial fucking element. So, all right. Any, anyways, enough of that. Yeah. And we've talked, uh, uh, you know, a little bit about how that, well, it, all around the world, there's, you know, just stupid fucking ignorance about anyone that's got brown skin even in venezuela like the white skin the light-skinned uh venezuelans call themselves spaniards because they think they're better than the afro-cuban uh venezuelan uh people who mm. like you know who like yeah so but anyway um that's something i'll never understand uh but so chelsea clinton uh decided that she was gonna make an appearance to further her fucking brand at one of these things supposedly she was invited by some fucking think tank that she's a part of but it's not an excuse she should have known that she had no fucking business going to one of these things after she helped perpetrate this bullshit talking point uh and helped stoke islamophobia here in the u.s in, in a really high profile uh incident like two weeks ago uh so she showed up at this vigil and this young girl uh student at nyu confronted her uh, and I have the audio from that, and we'll we'll chat about it. But it's it's pretty amazing. It might be a little hard to hear because uh, it's it's cell phone uh, audio, but you know, see, so we'll try.
probably listen closely and then we'll uh we'll chat about it obviously chelsea is the uh very obviously white liberal uh explainer voice in this clip after all that you have done and all this on the podium that you have so of a massacre stoked by people like you and the words that you will put out into the world. And I want you to know that and I want you to feel that deep inside. 49 people died because of the rhetoric that you put out there. I don't think... What does I'm sorry you feel that way mean? What does that mean? I love that guy, by the way, at the end. He was like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, no, he wasn't having that. Um, So Chelsea Clinton reminds (laughs) me of like every vapid model you know instagram influencer who got fucking uh ripped off at the fire fest i'm sure a lot of people <laughs> probably watched that documentary and she's just like i just you know i'm that was never my intention and it's just like you never of course you don't think about your intention when you're a fucking millionaire whose mother is a you know quarter of a billionaire you know you know you just you never you never ponder it chelsea clinton's like the ultimate reply guy where she just pops into threads where she knows that she'll get a ton of a ton of attention about things that she has no knowledge of when it's like she wasn't the fucking topic of it whatsoever so that kind of online behavior you know that's exactly why she wanted to go there it's like oh i i'm here in real life now (laughs) haha it's not a twitter thread i'm here that you can i can can i go up on stage and talk now and you know she wasn't fucking having that shit and and yeah. the, the people that tried to pretend that they were trying to say that she personally uh, was responsible for that massacre, no, it's she she's using these right wing talking points that you know basically accuse Muslims of of not being real Americans, uh, you know, falsely jacketing uh, criticism of Israel as anti semitism, like all of that is Islamic phobic right wing talking point stuff. Right. And, and and Chelsea dabbles in that and then is like, I can't believe how, you know, and all and all the her defenders, you know, that were like, Well, she was pregnant. She was pregnant. Oh, they fucking it was it was the Avengers assembled, uh, all the blue checks <laughs> assembled the second yeah, fucking it, like a, I, I didn't know all that you had girl. to do to have liberals excuse your racism was be pregnant. Like, is that like, is if you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm pregnant. So I'm just I'm having all these weird cravings and, you know, I hate brown people and it's just, I don't know where it comes from. It's got, must be the baby. But, and by the way, they were like, oh, well, she yelled at a pregnant woman. I, she was actually fairly quiet. The only one that actually yelled was that one guy at the end who was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, she was very calm and collected and was like, look, you are the reason that the discourse in America is so fucking toxic towards Muslim people. And the, again, the, all these people who were acting like who, who in bad faith were like, Oh, well she was blaming Chelsea for that. No, if you fucking listened. And again, you don't actually care about Brown voices. You just pretend to, if you listen to what she actually said to Chelsea, she said, your rhetoric is what, uh, uh you know, furthers this, this normalization of Islamophobia. And she specifically cited the Ilan Omar stuff. And she was like, you, right. you help perpetuate these smears. And now we're seeing, you know, the, the, the result of, of this kind of normalization of, of, uh, otherizing of, of Islamic people. And everyone who was there was like snapping in the background, which was like their way of clapping without over 
overpowering what she was actually saying. So Chelsea, yeah, can it's, actually it's the occupy, occupy clap, you know, because because clapping yeah, yeah, could yeah. potentially trigger people that don't like you know loud noises. So you're supposed to snap your fingers instead. So oh, is that why? Uh, yeah, it's I don't I don't want to go into it, but yeah, yeah, um, I was not gonna do. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, the second you said that, I was like, oh, you probably have a very like controversial opinion on that. But well, it's in any event, people that say no, that, no, we like, don't have to get a, we should ban clapping because clapping is like the the one out of a thousand people that like well i'm just you know it's like like we like we have to ban fireworks because there's you know like it's it's anyway like you could tell that she was presenting a a point of view stridently that you hear very much in activist communities because those communities do understand uh people who are actually marginalized people like palestinians uh people you know, they're being bombed in Syria. Like the, the people who are really activists know that stuff. They they get real issues of justice. They get issues of white supremacy. You know, they understand that Chelsea Clinton, who has a, a $10 million uh, Manhattan condo, hasn't worked a day in her life, is fundamentally no different than Meghan McCain. Yeah. I want to actually read uh, what, what that young, t- and I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to further dox her because a bunch of fucking lunatic fucking blue check liberals like tweeted rage tweeted and sick their millions of followers on her because that's really what you, what, what what's the uh, appropriate thing to do is to sick your millions of followers on a 19 year old nyu student like kathy griffin like tweeted and called her like a fucking oh, pussy for like these people are fucking maniacs like they, they have no idea how crazy they look and sound um but this is what she said uh, I didn't corner Ch- and they also wrote a BuzzFeed article, her and her friend, which is really good, explaining further their motivations for confronting her. Uh, but this is what she tweeted in the tweet thread. Uh, I didn't corner Chelsea Clinton. I didn't approach her with anyone else. I didn't ask people to record me. The confrontation wasn't planned, though I was going to disrupt her if she spoke and say the same things that I said to her face. I can't believe this has to be said, but I didn't tell Chelsea Clinton she was the one who put a gun to Muslims' heads. I said and continue to say that by jumping on the right-wing bandwagon and vilifying Ilhan Omar, she fed into the exact discourse we were at the vigil to protest. If the Muslims who were there felt uncomfortable with her presence, and let me tell you, the number of people who came up to me after to thank me for confronting her was not insignificant, then she shouldn't have been there in the first place, period. The only voices I care about in this situation are those of brown students and Muslim students who were were in that room. Uh, white people yelling at me via Twitter uh, rage is the least of my concerns. All of this stems from the anger and sadness I felt sitting in a space that was supposed to center me and my fellow Muslims in mourning and instead became a space in which non-Muslims preached about love while turning around and supporting violent campaigns against Muslims globally. Last thing I'm going to say uh, is intensively searching through my tweets to find things I said. I said when I was 14, 15 and not social. Yeah. So a bunch of people dug up like 10 year old tweets of hers when she was like 14, where she like said some like slightly homophobic. Yeah. Bullshit. It was just trying to, you know, fucking smear her because she dared to speak ill to, of their queen. But she actually made a good point that I didn't even bring up when we were talking just now. Her fucking mother is responsible for so many deaths of fucking brown women and, you know, men and children in, in the fucking on the planet directly responsible oh and it's, it's like she yeah. has the fucking balls we, we were counting them off on twitter today where everyone was only allowed to name one right but it was like haiti honduras uh you know venezuela uh really, Syria, Libya, Iraq. yemen you know it, it, afghanistan it just the list just goes on and on you know we we oh, all yeah. we often try to quantify 
who is the bloodier political dynasty in America? You know, the the Cheneys, the Bushes, um, or, or the Clintons. And it's it's just on any given day, you could kind of be like, well, it's kind of more this one, and it's kind of it's kind of this one. You know, um, we we've tried to do it on the show too before, you know. But it's it's the thing is like when when, when the but it's really tough. Yeah, well, it's just that you've got you've got one group of supporters that's mildly anti-war when the other side is doing the wars and then another side that's not opposed to it at all but still says like well they're just not doing enough war you know so it's just it's like you have it's like like those pod fuck america guys where they're like um you know well i i don't necessarily disagree with trump's strategy in venezuela (laughs) i just don't know about it just wish it was our our queen hillary who was actually dropping the bombs yeah and and just one more thing on Chelsea, uh, Alexia Alexander pointed this out. She tweeted it, uh, an, an article from November 2001. Uh, Chelsea Clinton, who protested people protesting the Iraq war, but go ahead, continue to pile on the young Muslim woman who thought her appearance at an event warning Muslims is inappropriate. And, and she tweeted this article, Chelsea makes a, uh, quote, patriotic protest. Oxford scholar Chelsea Clinton was among a group of American students which interrupted an anti-war meeting in the city, it is reported. The former U.S. president's daughter arrived at the meeting at Oxford Town Hall with a dozen friends who heckled speakers, according to the Times. Members of the group shouted patriotic slogan and unfurled a stars and stripes flag at the event attended by 500 people. She disrupted an anti-war rally to to do pro-war like chants and 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 propaganda yeah. like yeah it's her mom it's her mommy's war maniac. she was she felt offended uh what a fucking psychopath like jesus man and she just you know and you see all these people defend her if if you just put a the the you know you just put an r by her name she probably have slightly less liberal defenders but not many less you know it's it's the yeah. same fucking game to them uh, you know and just just that's I, I i mentioned it several times but that poll i did you know who's the who's the worst uh racist islamophobic daughter of a war criminal chelsea or <laughs> megan and i just every I, I think that chelsea clinton her voice is not quite as grating like nails on we a chalkboard but yeah it's yeah it's just they're terrible people they're terrible this is this is what being born into it's bad enough being rich it's bad enough when somebody gets rich and they just turn into the you know the the elon musks of the world or the you know what's his name run a starbucks motherfucker uh that's bad enough yeah but when you're born into wealth you know it's like you've never known anything else ever you have no idea what real people are like you've never been in a room where the hundreds of people didn't clap as you walked out on a stage and that's and that's what's so shocking to her where she's just like i i just i don't understand i i'm sorry you feel that way um you know and and she did seem genuinely shocked like oh i'm sure she was genuinely shocked because that's you know it's it that is the moment for it and people that were like oh she's yelling at her it's like no she's a public figure saying things in public she needs to be confronted in public and if she can't handle that, then take her fucking pregnant ass back home and go, you know, crying to a fucking pillow like Megan McCain does on a Monday night. <laughs> yeah, well, that 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 image gives me life thinking that Megan McCain oh, no. uh, literally is just saw, home crying. You saw the like there's been so many <laughs> there's been so many great memes this week of Beto O'Rourke like standing on top of things and oh, kneeling God. on top yeah. of stuff. And the by far my favorite was 
uh, Bitter O'Rourke, you know, standing up on top of John McCain's casket while Megan's <laughs> sobbing her eyes out uncontrollably. And he's sort of like looking oh, down, like half God. concerned. And that meme broke people's brains because they were they didn't know if it was like mocking both of them or mocking John McCain or mocking Megan McCain or or making trying to make Beto look good or Beto look bad. And I got all I, got, I posted a bunch of different groups and people gave me so many different reactions to it. I was like, it's a fucking meme. It doesn't have to make like <laughs> stop overthinking about it. It's just weird. It's not required deep thinking. This yeah. is not a piece. Of, yeah. And people, that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. Like if you can't fucking, Ooh. if you can't disrespect the corpse of a fucking racist war criminal like John McCain, what the fuck are you even fighting for? Did you see Beto, by the way, giving him a, like a tongue bath earlier when they asked him about John McCain? He said something about his 2008 campaign exemplified what it means to run for president oh, or some ridiculous God. fucking nonsense. Like yeah. Yeah. And oh that's, that shit just grosses me out because John McCain was perhaps one of the most racist people we've ever had in the Senate. Yeah. Uh, and as, as our, our, our favorite Batman Ben Affleck pointed out in Bill Maher back in 2008, when somebody says, no, no, uh, uh, Barack Obama is not a Muslim. He's a decent man. I'm like what? Like that's that's like saying like <laughs> yeah, oh exactly. that Bernie Sanders uh no he, he's not a Jew he's a good guy <laughs> like that's, that, that's see, actually, that, actually that moment said. that that moment is the perfect illustration of how liberals are actually also super Islamophobic because that's the one thing that a lot of liberals like Bill Maher and people on TV and MSNBC they'll all cite as like one of John McCain's like heroic compassionate moments where he that was one of his maverick moments where he stood up to that crazy town hall right winger for, and, and defended Barack Obama. No, he literally said the phrase, no, 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 no. He's a decent man. Cause she said that he's a Muslim. Like right. what, what the fuck, man? They like, don't that, notice that, people, that. They don't hear that. All they hear is oh, Barack Obama's a decent man and he's not a Muslim. They don't, they, you know, the, the weirdest part about that video is the lady, like you can't see her face cause her head's turned to the camera, but you can tell like she lives in a very small town, only talks to the yep. same four or five people every day. And when she very confidently says, uh, Barack Obama, he's a Muslim. John McCain just kind of goes, no, 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 he's not. And she just <laughs> goes, he's not like it. Just, like that's all it took was one person telling her he wasn't for her to just go. Oh, I guess all of my, my people in my parish were wrong then. Like that's they, like, they, just, they never Madden hear. Tells me. Yeah. Like they never hear any other voices because they live in places that are so racially segregated and so geographically isolated that like they're not in a city where they're randomly bumping into random people that, you know, the, the, the strangers on the street where you experience something new every single day. Like that's the whole point of having a culture in a society. Like what's, what's the over having... under on how many Muslims she interacts with? Like oh, two yeah. in a like in a year? Exactly. Like, exactly. It's really hard to hate somebody when you see them in your daily life. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that entire video, the whole interaction, the responses to it, and then Ben Affleck, you know, once again, kicking Bill Maher's ass, uh, priceless. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just, I, I got no fucking energy for Chelsea or Megan anymore. I, I just, we need to launch them both into the fucking sun and be done with their, their fucking privileged fail daughter asses for the rest of time. <sighs> That's never going to happen. They're both, um, I mean, they're both married, right? Does Meghan McCain have kids? Yeah. I can't see her ever being a mother. God, what a horrifying notion. I, I could see Chelsea at least like loving her little racist baby, right? Her little millionaire racist. But I feel like Meghan McCain would just kind of look at it and just be like, no, you know, like she, you know, she would, you know she would be like Lynn, like, uh, you know, we, we reviewed the Vice movie. 
uh, the scene where the, the daughter comes out as gay and the mother's like, oh, that will make things so hard for you. Like that would be that would be Megan McCain as a mother, like just has no actual yeah. empathy for her children. No, she's a fucking monster. Um, but I think that's even something that's kind of lost in this whole story is that the fucking Clintons are breeding again. We're going to be forced to endure a, a, a whole nother fucking generation of Clinton overprivileged, you know, bullshit. In, in 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 25 years when that kid grows up to be another chelsea clinton oh, you know, what if, what if i just want you know one of these days uh you know the the child of a millionaire to go off and fucking join isis or something like somebody it happens you know it happens but i want somebody rich and famous to do it so then it's like oh yeah. it's fucking isis is like the new you know edgy whatever uh, you know, like, like, you know, the Jared, Jared Kushner and whatever, like he'll have a kid and the kid turns into be fucking Satan. And like, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever. It's just, I want to see it happen. I want us to get to that, that level of, of absurdity in this world. Yeah. Well, you know, we're talking a lot about Iraq. Uh, and I want to mention, uh, something that happened this week that, that was really an intriguing wrinkle into the 2020, uh, democratic primary, uh, so Mike Gravel uh, has has come back onto the national scene in some in some way. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're conflicting reports, and it basically seems like th- these two teams are running his Twitter account, but with his blessing and with the understanding that he is considering uh, potentially running for president in 2020. Uh, you know, it, not to win, but to move the prominent progressive candidates like Bernie and Tulsi further to the left on foreign which policy. is which is so him and i know a lot of people don't so know mike Ravel or don't even remember him from 2008 or don't even know his history with the pentagon papers prior to that uh but i do um, not because i'm that old yet uh but just because like I, I like there was nobody else like him at the time right like bernie didn't run in 2008 but mike Ravel did and mike Ravel is you know makes bernie look like sort of like Beto <laughs> by comparison, <laughs> but Mike Gravel so, is much more about, you know, just trolling people just like straight up being a fucker and sarcastic and trolling and just being like, fuck it. What do I got to lose? <laughs> so for people that don't know, Mike Gravel was a U.S. Senator from 1969 to 1981 from Alaska. He was like the fourth ever Alaskan Senator. He was like on the front lines of like the fight for Alaskan statehood. That's how <laughs> long this guy's been in fucking the, politics. The sovereign republic of Alaska. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's, he's not spinning in like a great way. Like he's, he's, he, he has no filter of like, maybe I shouldn't say this as a politician. He's just like, Oh no, Joe Biden, you're a fucking maniac. Like what is wrong with you? Like he's such a great. <laughs> like, so no in, guy. in, uh, he's told the story of when he read the Pentagon papers into the, the record of Congress uh, many times, but he's, he tells it like it's this fucking great story because it is. Um, and I don't know for people who don't know at the time when Daniel Ellsberg uh, leaked the Pentagon Papers, nobody would publish them because Daniel Ellsberg was immediately tried under the Espionage Act. Right. Even though he didn't commit espionage, he just leaked government documents that proved that the Iraq or you know the Vietnam War, that the Gulf of Tonkin was based on a lie and that repeated peace talks had been purposely sabotaged by multiple administrations showed all that stuff right and but like nobody yeah. nobody would publish it because they were terrified because the supreme court ruled that you know anyone who published it could also be you know uh criminally tried for espionage you know the, the publishers could be tried for espionage 
So, you know, it's, it's like the only, the only authority higher than the press is really the Supreme court basically. Um, so nobody would, would no paper, not even like college papers were willing to risk publishing this stuff. Um, until Mike Ravel was like, I'm going to read it into the congressional record because once it's in the congressional record, then the papers can simply report what's in the congressional record record because now it's public record. But he had to like do it in secret because if anyone realized, because people were trying to figure out who had the Pentagon papers, like there was like a, like an active dragnet to figure out who had them, you know? So he had, they were like, you know, had them in duffel bags, moving them from car to car and like sleeping and put them under mattresses and stuff. It was like this total, you know, and Mike Ravel's just carrying them around in fucking duffel bags and airports (laughs) and shit. And nobody knows he has them the whole fucking time. Like the most important leak in the history of, of the last century. And he's just walking around with duffel bags. And he apparently got like a crew of, um, he was worried that people would break into his office at night and steal him because it was back in like the Watergate days when break-ins happened all the time. And, you know, we didn't have the kind of security we'd have now. And he's like, well, I need, um, I want to get a bunch of veterans to, to round the clock guard my office. Uh, and, and I want you to get the most disabled veterans you can find. Because <laughs> he knew that, he knew that it, like if, if like police showed up with a search warrant for it, that they would, you know, the police are not going to start beating up veterans without looking really fucking bad, you know, especially if yeah. they're all in wheelchairs. And he, and he was like, you know, they were all just like hippies with, you know, braids and dreadlocks and patch vests and they're, uh, and they're all in wheelchairs. And I knew that nobody would cross that line and go after these papers if they thought they were there. Right. And basically he, um, he was, uh, the way he got it into Congress was that he tried to go in at a time when nobody would be there when you can just kind of like walk in gavel, you know, session when no one else is there. And you've seen stuff where like Bernie's the only guy there reading something. Yeah. The only one talking to an empty chamber. Right. So he knew he had to, he had to do it. And apparently somebody like shut down his, like the open session because they figured out what he was about to do. And then he got some lawyers together and said, well, you're on this one committee, which is like the, uh, uh, appropriations for public uh, park buildings <laughs> committee, a committee that nobody would uh-huh. ever show up for. And so he had somebody come to testify, right? And he and they testified, well, well uh, Mr. Gravel, I'd like the money for this new public uh, infrastructure building. And Mike Gravel says, well, I'd like to give it to you, but unfortunately uh, we have no money for that because we're spending, you know, billions of dollars in Vietnam and we're there because of this. And then he begins to read the Pentagon <laughs> papers, but in order to read it uninterrupted, he apparently had to read it as a filibuster and he went on for uh, over 48 hours straight. Uh, and standing. Yes. And um, oh the trick of that is uh, you bring along a colostomy bag. And you have one of your congr- one of your congressional aides come up and change out the bags when you need to, and yeah, and apparently wow. it it all ended when, after days and days of this, he got started getting really emotional because he's reading this nonstop for days, and he had met with so many veterans and heard their stories that he had like an emotional breakdown, and just started sobbing, uh, and and had to stop right, and you know it, he got most of it into the record. Yeah, he did like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages. And he was dyslexic too, so he had to read very slow. Um, oh, wow. But after that happened, then finally newspapers were like, "Okay, we're going to risk publishing this now because of what he did." What a, what a fucking American! Like that's a true American hero, right? Like, people say that, <laughs> and people don't know this story. This is one of the most amazing fucking stories that any any politician has ever done ever. That, and it was Mike fucking Gravel. That's what that bullshit movie should have been. Is 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 the fucking Mike Gravel story? Exactly. 
So, you know, he, he, yeah, it's, so these two kids basically, I guess, heard about him. Cause again, I didn't know about this guy. I mean, he was at the very tail end of his career in 2008. Like, you know, when I was fucking 18 years old and a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, like the, our listeners were probably that age or younger. And so uh, I guess these two kids like heard about him and, and are trying to convince him to run for president for that reason. He's like, you know, entertaining the idea but they're they're like running his twitter and just posting these amazing responses to all these other presidential candidates um and i want to play a little audio of mike revell from the 2008 presidential debates because i can't believe i i am dying to get this guy into a debate after watching this video like the shit that he says like just openly to Obama and Biden and all these guys on the debate stage is, is pretty remarkable. So I'm going to play the audio and we'll, we'll chat about it. And here's Senator Gravel. That's a weighty charge. Who on this stage exactly tonight uh, uh, worries you uh, so much? Well, I would say the top tier ones. The top tier ones. They I'm... made statements. Oh, Joe, I'll include you too. You have a certain arrogance. You want to you tell the Iraqis how to run their country. I got to tell you, we should just play get out. Just plain get out. It's their country. They're asking us to leave, and we insist on staying there. And why not get out? What harm is it going to do? Oh, the, you hear the statement, well, my God, the soldiers will have died in vain. The entire deaths of Vietnam died in vain. And they're dying in vain right this very second. And you know what's worse than a soldier dying in vain? is more soldiers dying in vain. That's what's worse. God yeah. damn. Damn. Imagine if Bernie was on that level. I mean, Bernie's good, but he's not. He's not quite. He's not. He would. Bad. He would never yell at it. <laughs> no. He would never yell at Joe Biden like that, which is <sighs> kind of bums me out. Like that's fucking. That's that takes some balls. Like that's great. And you to, to watch Ob- Obama's face during that too. By the way, it's pretty funny. Like if you watch the video clip, he's kind of bemused, but like. Yeah. They're all kind of looking at him, like smiling. Yeah, like, Obama's kind of like, I'm too new to be in trouble, <laughs> but thank God. <laughs> no, that was one of Obama's only decent qualities is that he opposed the yeah, Iraq War when he was. He, a he didn't have a like, kill list yet. Was his only yeah. No, thing. He, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. And so you know, hopefully that ends up being a thing, and we can get fucking ninety-year-old Mike Ravel into the debate stage. Oh, I know it would be amazing. <laughs> but even if it's just him letting these two kids quote in in his honor in the same vein of of what the things he really did say mm-hmm. throughout his long career like even that is still just fucking awesome that he said yeah, yeah. go go fucking do it go fuck it okay i'm not gonna fucking tweet it but you know you you know i'm sure they did the research and they know what he things he would yeah. or would not say or things he would would or would not support yeah i'm sure like mike Ravel doesn't know who gritty is in real life but you know the spirit Whoa, of Mike Gravel knows who Gritty is. What if Mike Gravel is Gritty? Whoa. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't been around for a long time. I mean, well, you know, it could be. Good chance. I don't know. Spry, spry 88-year-old. Um, uh, so that that's an interesting uh, development. I guess we'll see where that goes. Well, and then the, the fucking donut, donut Twitter people, like actual blue check donut Twitter was, uh, who was it? Um, oh, Ian Sams, who uh, famously tweeted out, did, did the Bernie campaign just call uh, Hawaii the most d- diverse state? It's only 2.5% black. He, <laughs> Ian Sams literally tweeted that out. And he asked who Ian Sams is now. He's now uh, the like the press secretary, the national press secretary for Kamala Harris's campaign. 
Right. And he was <laughs> he was criticizing these kids who run Mike Ravel's Twitter account saying, so, oh, so now you can just make up a, a fake campaign on on Twitter and, and, you know, with, you know, and it's like, oh, you mean like Hillary's million fucking bought off Brock bots like her online campaign that was completely astroturfed. Are you fucking kidding me? I have news for you. Almost no politicians run their actual Twitter account. Like Bernie doesn't run his fucking Twitter account. Like nobody does. Like maybe AOC actually does. But like short of that, like almost no politicians with verified blue checks no. run their fucking Twitter. You have you you find somebody with shared values that knows how to say things right. Like I've I've ran campaigns. They'll check policy accounts. issues with yeah. They'll yeah. check policy. So they'll check policy issues with you, but they're not gonna. You know, you, you candidates have enough shit to do. They can't be online all day. Like, that's literally a job for a social media team. Like, that's what they do. So it's no different than any other candidate's social media. Right. They, you know, they just don't like shit. it because it's organic and they have to buy that bullshit. And it, they have contempt and Because they're it. hammering people like Kamala Harris constantly, <laughs> oh, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah. So I think they... With only 343 tweets over the last week, uh, this Mike Ravel Twitter account has 30,000 followers, which is <laughs> like, people are like, who is Mike Amazing. Ravel? They're like, oh, oh, holy shit. So I don't, I don't, and, I don't and think the great thing is, yeah. When these kids are exposing an entire generation to all this amazing shit that Mike Ravel did, all like that, that story you just told, and, and, you know, all these videos of him during the debates, it's like, again, it's like, but you know, it, it, Besides the fact that it just makes us feel good to see people telling people like Joe Biden to their face what warmongering maniacs they are, it shows that there is the possibility of doing that. Like, you don't have to be super civil to these people like Bernie, unfortunately, is when he comes to dealing with these people. You can get up there and be like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Like, that's why we, we wanted Ojeda on that debate stage so bad. Like, Ojeda could have been a modern-day Gravel in some ways, oh, you know, yeah. like, where he just has no... He does not suffer fools, sure. but um, well, so hopefully, I think you know, it's, we'll it's see what happens. good for young folks to realize that there have been rebels like this throughout history, that it's not just for a sure. generational thing, that there were people willing to fight to do the right Bernie's thing. Bernie's not the first one. Like, right. And Bernie's not alone. Um, and, you know, there, there have always been those people willing to, you know, at great personal risk be on the right side of the history. And, and I mean, could you, could you imagine like we know what they will do to people for leaking state secrets like that. We Ch Chelsea Manning is Chelsea back Manning. in jail in jail right now. Yeah. Right back now. Uh, you know, it, Julian Assange might die soon. Like they will hunt you to death. If you expose Julian Assange hasn't Empire. been allowed to see a doctor in six years. No. Like he literally has been denied medical care for six years right. and denied. S some Somehow money. Paul Manafort snuck in there three times, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get a doctor. Yeah. Well, they stopped talking about that one after uh, the evidence kind of fell through on that, that you don't hear yeah, too that, much. That about story that ran anymore. for about eight hours before it was laughed off the planet. <laughs> If you if you don't um, know what we're referring to, uh, go back about mm, three or four months in the podcast, and well, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so you know, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But sticking with the 2020 stuff, uh, Beto O'Rourke, we talked about uh, his 6.1 million dollars raised. Now it was slightly more than Bernie, and how we assumed it was more than likely. Um, you know bundling big money did we talk about that last like, week i don't feel like that was out yet we we, we talked briefly about that but did we me. didn't know the actual number of his co contributors so since then he came out and said well i've had uh 128 000, 
uh, unique contributions for a total of six point one million. So people were like, "Oh, okay, so you got an average of forty seven dollars, which is almost twice as much as Bernie's, which means you got a lot more big money donors." But interestingly enough, somebody further clarified and said, "Well, why'd you use that weird phraseology? Why'd you say individual contributions, not individual donors? How many actual individual donors did you have?" And then he's like, "Well, I have no idea." So there's a very good chance that that was some tricky politician language and that he's had even less than 128 individual donors and that he's had, you know, 50,000 individual donors who donated $2,700 to him, you know, two or three times. Like, he absolutely did not outraise Bernie when it comes to individual contributions. So the the phrasing he used was what again? Clarify on that. Individual contributions, not individual donors or individual contributors. So you could have had somebody who was really wealthy. Individual donations. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So he could have had somebody really rich contribute $10 like 200 times in one day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, and it, literally for for the sole purpose of of boosting up his average, so it wasn't pathetically Low. you know yeah. transparent oh, that it. Well, and, and Bernie and, had two hundred and twenty seven. And the other, the other thing individual is that contributors with campaigns, you know, if you do like a campaign event, right, like a you know where people are you're handing out envelopes and people can write down a you know information on it, those are pledge donations. Right. And now, of course, we're talking about day one, but you can still pledge a donation electronically without actually making a financial transaction. Right. So it's like, well, I'm going to I'm actually going to pay you later on. Right. Whereas with all you can almost guarantee vast, vast majority of Bernie's first day donations were people just online clicking the link. Twenty seven dollars. Right. So, yeah, it's just everything about him is disingenuous. Um, even his, his, you know, it's like Beto reminds, even when you hear him do an interview, when he's not flailing his arms around saying nothing, when he does say anything, standing on various it's, objects, it's just like a, like a 50% version of Bernie. Beto O'Rourke is like, if you, when your parents finally drink that years old vodka, that as a teenager, you drink half of and fill back up the water. Like that's what Beto O'Rourke is, is that. Yep. What are you talking about? I never did that. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, yeah. That bottle's so, still there in my house somewhere. <laughs> they never. No, I, I, it actually is because nobody actually drinks in, in my. Yeah, my house, yeah. So we all we all have the same shared um, uh, history. Uh, yeah, but no, he, Beto so, was on fucking some. Oh, what was it like PBS show or something? He was getting interviewed, uh-huh. and then they like did a roundtable talking about the interview, and they literally said like, "Well, you know, you do have to admit he doesn't really have any experience." But isn't his lack of experience remind? Doesn't it remind you of somebody else who got the presidency named Barack Obama? And it's just like, oh my fucking god! <laughs> like that's the fucking that's the way a ten year old would spin it. That's just like a ten year old. It's just so. Pathetic. You just never know. He lost to Ted Cruz. He might be the next president. Like, are you fucking out of your minds? Like Barack Obama yep. won all of his elections and ascended to that that office. He didn't fucking that. That would be like, you know, if after uh, you know, say, say Obama didn't run, go from state to center. He was like a congressman for a total of six years, <laughs> and then lost mm-hmm. to, you know, lost to Joe Lieberman. And then everyone's like, I bet he could be president now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that was part of the reason why Obama was able to get away with it in, in 2008, because this was before the internet was so ubiquitous, where, where Twitter was at least. 
uh, he was able to fly under the radar where you couldn't really examine him. He was a junior senator. Like, you know, he was, a, he was a, I think he only had a term or two in the Senate. And it's, or he, I think he even got sworn in in 04. Uh, and he didn't have this horrible record to run on. Beto, even in his narrow time in Congress, has just amassed a fucking atrocious record of voting with Republicans way more often than his Democratic colleagues. And people now look at that shit like that's it's not 2008. Yeah, that, anymore. Um, people look at your fucking record. Uh, you, you did, did you see the the photos of this week long chemical plant fire in Houston that they can't put oh out? They only just put it out. Unbelievable. Uh, Benzene like that leaking into is, the air. Like you know th- th- that is Beto's constituency right there is fossil fuels and ke- petrochemical, uh, all these other noxious chemicals. Um, the company whose whose uh, factory was on fire for a week. Uh, when uh, was Hurricane Harvey hit Houston, uh, they took the opportunity to dump millions of gallons of toxic waste, not because the factory was overrun from the flood, but just because they knew they could get away with it at that time and just kind of like pass it off. Uh, they still got caught and, of course, probably paid like a you know 10 grand fine. Like how, how are they not all in jail and how is that factory not shut down? That's unbelievable. Because the EPA that they got can't enforce that. shit. EPA can't force anything. They can't they can barely do fines. Uh, you, if you really want to find a corporation, you have to take them to court. And of course, EPA has no money to take a, you know, billion dollar chemical company to court. Um, and you know, half the time the, the, even the normal regulations are self-enforced, you know, once you, once a company, once a company has a permit to pollute the air, there's nobody who's checking to see how much they're actually dumping out in the air. They could dump three times the amount. No one would ever know, uh, to, to really get like a good air testing machine, um, it's about the size of a car. So you got to load it onto a truck and it costs about $300,000. So how many of those can you really have out in the air where you can really like test for every single particle that's out there? Um, not too many, not too many nonprofits can afford one of those either. No, especially when you further defund the EPA. That's, that's not something that's probably in the line right. in, the, in the budget. Um, so yeah, Beto fucking sucks. He's a joke. He's not going to go anywhere in this election. I mean, I'm not worried about him, but, um, I just want to close out talking about Bernie because, um, you know, Bernie announced his new hires this week uh, for his campaign staff. And I think they're fucking tremendous. Like, I think uh, a lot of the people he announced are really good, uh, smart picks. He announced uh, David Sirota as his uh, speechwriter, his head speechwriter and, and like chief campaign or one of, you know, high, high ranking campaign advisor. Um, which I think is a tremendously smart move. David Sirota has been on the cutting edge of like independent journalism in the past two, three years. He's done a ton of great digging and reporting uh, on uh, figures in the Democratic Party, like Pedro O'Rourke. He went through and dug through all of his uh, voting records, and he's the reason that we know all the shit we know about Beto's horrible record uh, as a congressman. Uh he went through, he, he actually uh, caught uh, one of the Republicans in a lie that actually ended up turning into a Senate investigation. I remember this big story. Um, so he's, he's a great journalist and he knows his shit. Uh, so, of course, everyone who fucking loathes him because he actually uh, exposes facts on Twitter constantly was up in arms about this and tried to make a fake story about how he was uh, working for Bernie uh, when he was claiming he was an independent journalist. Uh, and this uh, fucking shit weasel, uh, Edward uh, Isaac Fuckface Dover, uh, who writes for The Atlantic, uh, which is, you know, a paper run by David Frum, 
uh, wrote this article smearing Sirota for that very reason. So he wrote this whole piece about how Sirota was dishonest and how he was was actually an operative for Bernie's campaign when he was writing that Beto uh, stuff. Wait, but, I thought Bernie uh, wasn't running at the time. <laughs> so <laughs> he, Bernie wasn't even running until February, like literally. So uh, John Mulholland, who I think is actually a uh, an editor at uh, Capital and Main or whatever the the paper that uh, Sirota wrote all those those articles for, tweeted out. Read the, you know, regarding the Atlantic piece about uh, David Sirota, if Isaac Dover had contacted us before publication, we could have corrected the reporting error in advance. David's last piece for us was at the end of December. The first contact he had from Sanders was from mid-January. And again, like you said, Bernie didn't even announce until February. Um, and then there's uh, someone shared this tweet that uh, Isaac, Edward Isaac Dover shared out. Uh, where he said, then this is that shitty journalist. He said, uh, here's another tweet deleted last night in which Bernie Sanders speechwriter and previously undisclosed advisor wrote that people who accused him of having motives in digging into Beto were deranged and or running a deliberate disinfo campaign. But Natalie Shore looked at this picture and said, uh, you've cropped out the date on this tweet for some reason, but a Google search shows it was on 1225, which again, predates the alleged onset of contact between Sirota and the Sanders campaign. And literally on the screenshot that Dover shared, the area where the date shows up to the right of your at name on the tweet is whited out. You can even, if you zoom in, see where he whited it out. He literally doctored a fucking tweet to make his fucking bullshit point. So he knows he's fucking lying. He literally fucking whited out the date on it. Like, how pathetic that this fucking guy has a career in journalism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's on the payroll. I mean, so it, it's just, I mean, the, the idea that like, if you post somebody, the, the, you know, Beto's actual donors, that your ulterior motive must be that you want good things to happen for good people. You know, like but what, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's just you know, clearly if you don't want the KXL tar sands pipeline built, it's because you're a fucking Russian chaos agent. You couldn't possibly care about a global warming that much. Could you, you know? Yeah. It's nope. just, it's, it's disgusting. Um, but again, and it's like, they all do it for fucking shit lib centrist candidates. All these people in media, you know, rub elbows. I mean, look at the white house press correspondence dinner. All of those people work for those politicians. If you work at the Washington Post, your clients are the White House and the the CIA and the Pentagon. That's who you work for. If you work for New York Times, you work for Israel. Like you work for APEC. The Clintons fucking plant stories with with journalists that they're literally like friends and associates with. Like Maggie Haberman was cited in WikiLeaks by Neera Tandon as somebody that they use to push narratives to test the waters. Like they do that all the time. Yeah, this is fucking bullshit. Barry like, Weiss, Barry fucking Weiss. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> it's like there's no, there's no separation between the power of the state and you know these these top you know the Hill, Politico, uh, Washington Post, and New York Times. There's no division between those things. And then if one fucking you know indie reporter for you know for the Guardian decides he's gonna go work for bernie they're just like no it's he can't it's it's not fair it's not fair that he's a real journalist and post facts we can't keep up with that we can't all the money in the world and we can't do anything about it yeah so they'll cry and cry but he's he's great and he's like not a 
fucking timid guy at all. So I'm glad he's writing, helping write Bernie's speeches for him. Yeah. You know, Bernie's famously somebody who doesn't really allow people to write his speeches, but he'll work with him. Right. Well, you know, Bernie likes to write his own speeches, but he'll, he'll he's going to say his own thing. Anyway, push him left on things, you, know, you know, when, when you're Bernie, it's like, Oh, I got to write a speech. What am I going to talk about? It's, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, maybe the same shit I've been talking about for the last 40 years and fucking, you know, in a row, you might think um, I get tired of talking about this thing, but that's where you'd be wrong. But no, Sirota is a great voice to have in that room because he's to the left of Bernie on a number of issues, including Israel Palestine. So I think he could really push Bernie on stuff, which, Great, yeah, great no, maybe good. Uh, and, and, you know, and, uh, a lot of the speech writing stuff is just for expediency. Because it, w- when you're sure, really exactly. out there, you don't have time to sit down with your fucking laptop and be like, well, I'm going to sit here and spend three hours writing. New- like, no, you just, you have other people do it for, the, for you. For the portion, the local portion of the speech where you need to tailor it to, you know, Idaho or f- wherever. Like, you know, that, that's what <laughs> right. sort of probably there for. Yeah, no, totally. Um, well, you know, he's good. And, and the other thing is, you know, Bernie hired uh, the top, 15 paid staffers Bernie has uh, running the campaign, 10 are women, right? Yeah. And, and of course you would think, oh, that's great, right? Nope, not if you're a fucking centrist, not if you're a fucking shit lib. No, he's tokenizing them now. Right, which is literally like when you tokenize someone, you pick one select person and go, ta-da, look what I did. And then you don't give them any real power. Uh, when two-thirds of the people running the campaign, <laughs> when two-thirds are running the campaign, then that's literally the opposite of tokenism. That's, li- I mean, you know, and I, I know you've worked on campaigns. The, the the people that really run the campaigns the best are always going to be women. I, you know, it's just that's they know how to fucking run a campaign better than anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I yeah. Mean, honestly, they're like less. They, they I, I found overall, and there's obviously exceptions both in both directions. They bring less like personal baggage when it comes to decision making on a campaign. <laughs> Whereas like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the guys want to be the candidate. The, the women are usually the, you know, the, the, the power behind the throne. The uh, but I, I was sort of mocking the, the, the shit lib fake outrage on Twitter with a tweet, you know, in quotes, I was <laughs> said, uh, Bernie hired mostly women, but can they prove they aren't KGB trained Russian sex spies? <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, nothing is good enough. Nothing um, is good enough for those people. And so, but, and it's not just like, oh, he found 10 random women. He picked, Great fucking, you know, prog- like strong progressive uh, activists and things like that. He Like Claire Sandberg is a great organizer. She, she, I think she was like the co-campaign chair or like uh, something on uh, Abdul's campaign out in Michigan, uh, Claire Sandberg. And she ended up leaving our revolution back when it started because she didn't like Jeff Weaver. Now that Jeff Weaver is diminished in, in Bernie's campaign a hierarchy she was comfortable coming back because she really wants bernie to win she's a fucking great organizer um and uh I, she was the co-campaign manager i believe for abdul's campaign but uh and uh, and brianna uh joy gray who is a great writer and podcaster for the intercept uh is being brought on as his national press secretary which is another really mm-hmm. great really shrewd move um because she is a uh really uh powerful voice on twitter and in in general in media and uh i think she's also a great uh 
spokesman for him. And especially if he gets into the White House, she'd make a great press secretary to deal with the press for. Because oh, yeah. No, that would be it, it still doesn't seem like it's possible, you know, but it's like, again, I know it, it's it seems like such a fucking dream, but like yeah. a whisper of a fucking dream. We also didn't think AOC uh, would really, you know, couldn't really be possible, although she's, you know, kind of uh, drifted to the right a little bit on on some of this stuff. Uh, palling around with Hillary Clinton on Twitter doesn't doesn't impress me, but uh, I'm also like, so I'm also just like, OK, well, you know, I, I don't care if they tweet at each other. I don't. It doesn't matter. Don't act like her when it comes to voting and or advocacy yeah. and or anything yeah. else. String her along and then cut her throat, you know, at the last second. Yeah. Um, just to just get a little bit more Game of Thrones in there. Uh, <laughs> um, but so and of course, everyone was furious about that, too. And they're like, oh, well, she's an uncle. Todd. Like any it, it's amazing. The fucking closet racism that comes out of liberals whenever like anyone uh of color you know decides to align with the actual like you know left wing of the democrat of the uh, establishment democratic party you know like anytime anyone goes with bernie that's like a black person or a woman or whatever it's like oh they, well they're a they're an uncle tom or they're like a traitor to their gender it's like this just guys you, you you're fucking pathetic it's, it's, you're yeah so it's, it's such great projection like, when you hear uh you know the the uh, you know, black woman that wants to work with a guy who opposed segregation. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton supported segregation. Yeah. To, <laughs> to hear that, you know, that, that that woman who's siding with Bernie is the Uncle Tom. It's, it's like, oh, that John, that, that John Brown was such slave. an Uncle Tom. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> right, right. Hillary Clinton bragged about her fucking slaves at the governor's mansion, how well she treated them. And Bernie was literally getting arrested fighting for civil rights in the 60s. Who do you fucking think is the Uncle Tom when they go, like, give me a fucking break? No, they don't know what words mean. And, and, or they don't even use Uncle Tom. They'll say, like, oh, well, she's Bernie. They say this about Nina Turner, too. Like, oh, she's Bernie's Omarosa or Ben Carson. Yeah. That's such a disgusting thing to fucking say. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, I just can't. A- Anthony, you don't you what? realize that the people that want everyone to have health care are the same people that want to, you know, uh, Lock children per- make sure the Jews don't replace us? You know, those are the same thing, yeah. Anthony. The same thing. Same thing. Bernie, actually, very big fan of making sure the Jews don't replace us. Yeah. Not a big fan of Jewish people. Bernie said well, I haven't seen him at synagogue <laughs> lately, so you might be onto something there. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know what, though? This is good because I genuinely think this means that we're winning and that they're fucking terrified and they see that things are changing in a way that uh, they're really uncomfortable with. And uh, it's going to be fucking great. I, it's I, great. I don't see how anyone, you know, like it's at the point where they're going to have to like, you know, Bernie's going to have another banging his head on the shower door accident to take him out or something. Like I don't, I don't see anybody else that's going to fucking come close to him that there was that uh, another daily cost poll where they were like oh well we figured out a way to make it more fair so people people can only vote once per email address and bernie still blew everyone else out of the water and they were the 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 bar graph though they were using was very misleading in that people that had uh you know like one percent like cory booker (laughs) uh, it showed their bar as big as like amy klobuchar they had three percent so somebody rescaled it proportionately so you could see how little people other had other people had compared to bernie uh it was great it was i mean just just the fact that cory booker is polling lower than amy throwing her angry binders at her co-worker at her staff klobuchar i mean cory booker is just 
he's supposed to be his fame setter. Cory Booker's gotten more money from APAC than anyone besides Hillary Clinton, by the way. And even he's still just like a fucking, like, you know, like we said last week, people forgot he was running. You know, real quick before we get out of here, you talk about polls. We, we should talk about that CNN poll where they fucking tried to act like Joe Biden was was the most oh. popular candidate among millennials. Yeah, and I or, or the one where they were saying Bernie was like trailing Biden by eight. And you look at the methodology on the poll. Well, the, and the, they didn't poll anyone under 50. No, well, under they, 50. they said it was statistically not. Uh, you know, it was with him in the margin of ale. A- a- margin of ale. <laughs> uh, have another drink. Um, yeah, and I, I made a joke early in the week that, like, you know, sure, yeah, you can very easily do a, a poll to find out Biden's more popular if you only poll millennials that have a landline. And then, like, literally, that is exactly what fucking CNN <laughs> did. They only, I mean, I've worked in literally it's research 18 data. to 34, I, 34 to 49, not available, not available. <laughs> yeah. Pole. Cause they didn't answer the fucking phone. Cause they have a real life and they have shit to do and they have a fucking cell phone. The thing is like, if you work in survey research data, which I have before for a university, uh, we still call cell phones. Like we call cell phones all the time. It's what you fucking do. If you want real survey data, right? It's not hard. Yeah. If you don't want a predetermined outcome, no. you call the thing that people have, you know, most often. Right. No, they, now. they, CNN called their audience and they're like, Hey, you're talking to CNN. Am I on the air right now? Like, no grandpa, we just need to take this poll about Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> well, CNN's average age is 67 years old. So that makes sense. They call the people that they, you know, they call their audience, but it, it's hilarious. And Emerson did a poll, which was all landline based also. And Bernie and Joe Biden tied at 28% which really means that Bernie is way up on Joe Biden. And again, like I said, the second Joe Biden enters the race, he's going to plummet because all the years and years of horrible shit that he's said and done are going to come to light. Uh, and all these people who think they that he's great because he was Obama's VP are going to be like, oh, wow, he's fucking awful. Yeah. He's a racist maniac. All the things he, he's said. He was fucking bussing in the 60s. <laughs> like, my God. Yeah. So I'm not worried. I, I think, I think uh, come... Come uh, July 2020, right around uh, <laughs> right around the time I get I'm getting married, we're going to be uh, watching the Democratic National Convention, and Bernie Sanders is going to be taking the stage to America by Simon and Garfunkel. Fuck yeah! Cheering, or they're going to they're going to steal it all again, and we're going to fucking riot in the streets, and and we're going to burn the fucking building yeah. down. That's what's going to happen. Yep. But you know. <laughs> Either way, uh, it's an exciting time to be alive. Metaphorically, don't don't arrest me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can you can, but not metaphorically. <laughs> All right. Well, this was a good episode one hundred. Thanks everyone for yeah, joining us great. yet again. Uh, we'll see you again in another hundred episodes. Yeah. yeah, and obviously, if you want to support the show, uh, you know, you can rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out. Share it out on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com/slash/MoveLeft. Uh, you can pick up some merch if you want. Uh, support the show that way. Tinyurl.com slash move left merch. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash move left. Uh, we have some, uh, or you can follow us also on Facebook, facebook.com slash move left idiots. Got some good memes uh, up this Game week. <laughs> yeah, our Game of Thrones pod's coming soon, uh, coming at you fast. Uh, and we're also talking about some other stuff. You know, we'll see how that works, but uh, exciting stuff happening in the move left universe. For sure. Um, I am, of course, on Twitter 
at move underscore left. I'm at KS right. 1871. I got a semi famous block yesterday from Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Christine Pelosi, who is a, has been elected to the DNC board seven or six or seven times. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I like quote tweeted her and it only got up to like maybe 10 likes and three shares before she blocked me. So I was like, fucking look how easily these, they fucking fold. Yep. Well, pathetic. Uh, yeah. And uh, come back and join us next week. Uh, for more move left idiots. Hell yeah. Jersey turn back, babe, oh.